the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The RV Show USA. Hi, it's the RV Wingman, and welcome to today's podcast. Before we begin, make sure and download my latest free RV report. It'll save you thousands when buying or selling an RV and prevent you from being ripped off. My latest report is available now at freervreport.com. The RV Show USA. Welcome, everybody. Glad you could join us. Alan Warren here, the RV wingman. Pull up a seat around my virtual campfire where we're sitting around talking about RVs and camping and just good old-fashioned fun with some of today's most popular RV influencers. The RV Show USA. Start living the RV dream today. Now, today's virtual campfire is brought to you by My Free RV Report. Learn how to save thousands when buying a new RV and avoid being ripped off. Download the most recent RV report at freervreport.com. The RV Show USA. Start living the RV dream today. Howdy, folks, and welcome. Welcome to our virtual campfire where we are broadcasting from coast to coast on great radio stations by way of the Westwood One satellite platform. I'm your host, Alan Warren, the RV Wingman, and this is the RV Show USA, where there's always some great conversation going and interesting people you'll want to meet. I hope you'll check us out online. Subscribe to my email list. we got a lot going on I think you may enjoy at thervshowusa.com. Now, today we got a little bit of everything for the RVer. We've got a story with Mike Windland from RV Lifestyle called Secrets from an RV Inspector. Good stuff. The Rome Town Girl is here to tell us why when she bought an RV, she didn't buy new, she didn't buy used, but as she says, she bought a retired rental RV, and she loves it. Izzy and MJ will close us out with some things they wish they'd known before they became RVers, and these things can save you a lot of money. But we're going to begin with a really cool story I think you're going to love, and actually it's about love. To introduce it and to some real love birds of the RVing type is our friend Robin from Creativity RV. Take a listen to what she found at an out-of-the-way place she stayed at on her travels. Here's Robin. I want to tell you about a love story that I found on the road that blew my mind. With Harvest House, I get to go to all these amazing places and meet people and see things that I wouldn't any other way. But it never occurred to me that I could find love at a Harvest House. But that's exactly what happened for the Harvest House sweethearts, Michelle and David. And so I've interviewed them. I'm going to let them tell you their story themselves. So our story of how we met. Um, I was uh, living in Atlanta, Georgia, and my wife at the time had cancer and passed away. And so 
I decided to sell everything and move into my motorhome. Um, I was towing a pickup truck with a kayak and a bicycle on it, and I started heading out across the, the, the south. So as I was going across, I stopped at a harvest host. We are, I had been stopping at harvest hosts quite a bit. We really enjoy those. And when I pulled into this one harvest host, it was a plantation in Louisiana. And when I pulled in, there was another camper there, but I went into the gift shop to check out the, uh, the to check in, excuse me, to check in and make sure that uh, everything was fine. And uh, they did not have my reservation. And they were only allowed to have one camper in their parking lot overnight. And I was, I had to leave. I just couldn't stay. I said, well, where am I going to go in the middle of Louisiana? So the and a uh, pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> the pandemic was on. Um, but they they relented and allowed me to stay as long as I went and made sure it was okay with the other camper that was in their camp uh, in their parking lot. <laughs> um, so I, you know, went out and knocked on the door of this camper and. This woman popped out and and we chatted a little bit and she seemed to be fine with us staying there in the parking lot together and that was in all, his own camper. That was all. He didn't say, "Can I sleep in your camper?" <laughs> he just said, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> so, to be clear, so that was all well and good. And I went back to my camper and had supper and she headed off with uh, with her jeep and headed off for dinner herself and and then the next morning I was packing up to move on and and I had. Uh, um, decided to fly my drone to take some photos of the area and snapped a picture of the campground, which was just where we were camping. And and then uh, um, she was packing up at the same time, so I went over and chatted with her and gave her my business card. And we uh, just I wouldn't of, give him my phone number. So I we so I told him he could follow me on Instagram. But we, uh, we we just left it at that and carried on. She was heading off to do something that was very, I found very interesting. She was going to be an RV inspector. And so I thought it would be just good to to under, to follow her regarding that. So with that, I'll, I'll pass it on to Michelle and she can give her side of the story. I had had a colon cancer and then subsequently I was diagnosed with um, colon or with Lynch syndrome. And so what that does is I can't fight cancer cells like other people do. And so I just decided then, and things were kind of rough at work and with the pandemic and all of that stuff going on. And I just said, you know what? I got to get out and live life. I got to get out and do the things that I want to do. And if I'm going to do it, now's my opportunity. Never thinking one for one minute that I would meet somebody on the road. That was not, I was totally blown away by what happened and we just talked and got to know each other and a little bit more. And we kept in contact and one thing led to another. And then um, I was going off to Yellowstone to do work camping at a fishing uh, lodge there in, in outside of Yellowstone. And he was going to Canada because he's Canadian and I'm from the States. And um, so he was going back to Canada and we were going to be apart for five months and before we got back together. And then my grandmother passed away and I came back to Indiana for her services. And he said, I don't think we need to be apart any longer. 
We uh, really, we really get connected and, and the shared interests of travel and we are both pet lovers and kayakers and bikers. And there are just so many points of contact between us and the love of travel was yeah. sort of the foundation. Yeah. And at our age, I'm in my fifties and he's in his sixties. And at our age, we just said, you know, why are we waiting five months? Why are we apart for five months yeah. when we want to be together? And so and he I, left Canada and I stayed in Indiana and we. And I, uh, I got to tell you, when I came back from Canada to where she was staying in Indiana and she, uh, she was at the edge of the driveway when I drove up and waving. And that was one of the most special greetings <laughs> that I have ever had. Oh, she was she was there waiting for me to come. So it was special. Yeah, it was to be. And so, so we've we uh, started traveling a little bit together, and we ended up in Florida for the winter. And we made arrangements, and we got uh, made arrangements to have be married at a little wedding chapel just outside of Orlando. And it was Michelle and I and Carmen, our our 13-year-old dachshund. She was our flower girl. She was our flower girl, our best man, and our maid of, maid maid of, of honor. honor. <laughs> we uh, we, we um, said our, shared our vows uh, on February 2nd of 2022. So our wedding date is 2 and it was at 2.22 in the afternoon. And so we will always remember that. Mm-hmm. So and when we were sharing our vows, um, the the minister who was there officiating uh, uh, started to cry. Um, <laughs> we uh, we were so honest with each other, and, and uh, he was really touched by what we were sharing with each other. He so. told the wedding planner, he said, I don't think I've ever heard such sweet and loving vows so since then, we've been traveling, and uh, last winter, we we wintered in Arizona and Southern California and New Mexico, and and now we're in Indianapolis area. Uh, we're camping together, and we're looking forward to going back to Florida for the winter. I tell you, love is in the air out there on the road, and I'm there for it. I love that story. You know, sometimes Cupid's arrow shows up in the most unusual places. Seriously, in a time when there's so much negativity around us, isn't it nice to hear from happy people, people who connected and found each other and found happiness? It makes me wonder how many other love stories are out there similar to Michelle and David's. For you folks who are catching the show and are not yet RVers, I can't promise you'll find love on the road, but I can promise you'll find plenty of adventure. A special thanks to Robin, our friend from Creativity RV, for bringing us this love story. Robin is a solo female full-time RVing nomad who documents her travels and adventures wherever she goes. In addition to her excellent YouTube channel, she's an author and a very active online blogger. She can be found at Creativity RV, and yes, we have a link to Robin from TheRVShowUSA.com. Helping you to learn so you won't get burned. He's back on the radio again.
When it comes to RV inspections before you buy, countless people are learning the hard way that a third-party RV inspection could have saved them thousands of dollars and prevented countless headaches. Up now, our friend Mike Winland from RV Lifestyle finds out there are many, many examples of why getting an independent third-party inspection before you buy that RV is definitely worth consideration. Well, let me start off with just just the first question that I think a lot of people have is, what is an RV inspector? We are up, down, all around on that RV. It is incredible. We are definitely inspecting some of those hot ticket items that people are always asking about. They want to know about the roof. Is there water rot? Is there any kind of leaking going on? So we'll look at all of the exteriors, roof, underbelly, that running gear, axles, wheels, tires. We look at all of the exterior, um, uh, you know, the sides and the front and rear cap. We'll take on the motorized. Of course, we're going to take a look at that engine. We're looking at, we're not, um, we don't do a test drive, but one thing that we can do, uh, we can do a ride along with someone. We can do fluid sampling on those motorized, which is a really nice added benefit to look at generator uh, oil and coolant, engine oil and coolant, coolant, transmission fluids, things like that. And then, of course, every single one of the systems, the major um, energy systems like electrical, propane, water, and all of your appliances. I mean, we're all over that thing. What what kind of things are uh, you trained to look for that maybe we would never think of ourselves and that or, or we don't have the expertise, the average buyer to look for? I get a lot of people asking me that. They're saying, why can't I just look at that myself or why can't I simply rely on the PDI, that pre-delivery inspection that might be done at a dealership? And here's the deal. First of all, the value is there. We are looking at, let's say, a premier level inspection on a big motorized fifth wheel. I might look at 500 to 800 points of inspection. I am trained to go dig deep on the electrical systems, both 120 volt and then the, the battery system, the 12 volt. I'm looking at, I have in-depth knowledge of the propane systems, water, all of that. So there's a lot of detail that we are, you know, we're digging deep on that. I know how it should be operating. I know the safety features that maybe not all RV owners and buyers are aware of. And more importantly, I've seen a lot out there. Your inspector's probably seen a lot of things that would make your hair stand on end. So we can look for some of these trouble spots that you might not be aware of. Well, that leads obviously to the question, what kind of things have you found that might surprise uh, the the average buyer? Oh, my goodness. Um, There are, I would say, typical things. And I hate to say typical because every RV is going to be different. Every single one that I've looked at has different problems. Most buyers, uh, RV owners or purchasers, buyers and sellers are going to be looking at, like I said, that water intrusion. So we spend a lot of time on the roof. That tends to be a place that people are ignoring, that taking a look at all of that sealant up there. And that that needs to be done frequently. So we're definitely looking there. Um, I have found somebody that had a roof replacement and they were bragging about the roof replacement. And they had done some boo-boos while they were up there and they had covered the skylight in the bathroom and because they thought it was too bright in there. So they just covered it up with the new roof membrane. We've seen tears in that roof membrane up there, tears in the underbelly. Definitely expiration dates. People don't realize there's so many items that could expire that have a life expectancy on the RV. Your tires, for example, your uh, DOT, your propane cylinders. There's all kinds of expiration dates like on those propane uh, detectors, the propane system, the cylinders, the DOT cylinder tanks themselves. So we look at those expiration dates. People don't think about those. I have found, I'm trying to think lately, I found straight from the factory, the OEM um, had miswired the batteries. I can't remember if they were wired in series or parallel, but basically they were ignoring the second battery and the load and the ground were all connected to the same battery. So they kept having issues with the battery dying frequently. I've seen 
aftermarket things added, like we found um, recently at one of our women's RV education events, we found a hot rod, which is an aftermarket electric heating element that was added in place of the drain plug on the water heater. And there's all kinds of risks that could go along with that. Um, we, you know, definitely expiration dates on those tires and just surprising things that people don't know to look for themselves. I, I could go on and on. I, I, I'm amazed at all the things that you, 500 things you say, but what about new RVs? We hear mixed things. When you're buying a brand new RV and they give you this walkthrough, should a customer have and invest in an, in an independent RV inspection? We've been recommending it. Absolutely. And I, I was surprised. I was the same way. I thought the majority of my inspections, once I got certified, would be with uh, individual sellers and pre-owned in and I wouldn't be at a dealership very much. And it's not true. It's about 50-50. And I'm looking at pre-owned plus new. I would say a huge majority of them are new. And it's because the public is becoming more savvy about the RV inspection process itself. They get on the forums. They get on your uh, pages and social media and whatnot. And they understand that this is an option to have a third party look at that. Even though the dealership will say that they're doing a pre-delivery inspection, some dealerships might be looking at 10 items. Others might be looking at 100. If you are not familiar with that dealership, it's a great idea to go ahead and get that inspection. And to be honest with you, Mike, there's so many issues that just cannot be predicted. It could have been a mistake that happened at the manufacturer level. It could have happened in transport. It could have happened at the dealership itself. There are, are, I mean, during a pandemic, there were, I mean, supplies, it's really hard to get all sorts of uh, components and appliances and whatnot. So they were kind of borrowing and, <laughs> and shuffling components and appliances around. You want to make sure that everything that they're advertising is what is on that new rig. So I think it's very important. How do dealerships react when a customer says, hey, I'm bringing in my own inspector? Uh, are they generally receptive to this now? I know early on when this was fairly new to the industry. There was there was a lot of pushback, customers would tell us. Right. But how about now when you show up and they go, oh boy, <laughs> is it's it causing so them to maybe do a better job on their PDIs, their <laughs> delivery inspections? I think you're right. I'm, and, and in fact, I'm here at the National Review Training Academy. This is where I got certified. And we talk a lot about that. The new inspectors ask me, am I going to get pushback at the dealership? More and more, those dealerships are familiar with the process. And I tell them, I think they're giving you a clue. If they are open to the process, then that lets you know we're all on the same team. We want to help that customer make an informed, educated decision. So usually they're great and we have good relationships with them. They know that we're coming in. We're not there to squash the deal and cause them heartache and headache. It's definitely there to give their buyer a good experience. And if they're accommodating that that buyer wants to refer business back to that dealership and you know refer other people there. So I, I think... I do think that more and more that they are, are welcoming us and they're getting familiar with it. When I first started, I was the first inspector that showed up on site at many dealerships. They had never dealt with a third party inspector. And every once in a while, I get that pushback and, I, and I'm not allowed to tell my client, mm, this is a red flag. I will just tell them, you get to decide if you want to insist on it and dig your heels in. I'm your girl. And if not, may the force be with you. <laughs> um, how much does an inspection cost and how long does it usually take? So all of the inspectors are independent business owners, and we don't tell them how much they should charge. And you get what you pay for. I'm just going to throw that out there. I saw a food truck on our campus last night that says, good barbecue ain't cheap and cheap barbecue ain't good. And I thought that is exactly what I think about my services. It could run the gamut from uh, maybe a simple life safety um kind of check uh, low end. I won't say low end, but just small, not very many points of inspection could start at $395 all the way up to 2000 for a premier level diesel pusher with all the bells and whistles. 
So everything in between there, all the inspectors will have different package pricing, and then they will tell you, and, and this is something I'm gonna give a tip to your, your uh, viewers and listeners, they will tell you what value they're bringing for that, whatever they are charging. So ask them, ask the inspector if they will send you their points of inspection, if they will talk about like, for example, our association, we have a code of ethics. We have standards of, practice, standards of practice. We'll send you all of our goods so that you know where we're coming from and the professionalism, you know, what level you're getting. The time that it takes, this is the part that's so surprising for both buyers and sellers. I'm a one woman team. So a little teardrop or a bumper pull, I, I'm still gonna be there possibly six or seven hours. For a big diesel pusher, it could be eight to 10 hours. Sometimes it might go roll over into the next day. If it is a team of inspectors, like I'll buddy up with another inspector in my area in Oklahoma, we'll, we can knock out one of those big diesel pushers or fifth wheels in the same day. So it is super duper detailed and intricate. And then you get a fabulous report, an interactive digital report with photos and videos to, to cruise through at your leisure. And you'll, you'll get that usually within 24 or 48 hours after. Peace of mind is, I think, what that invests in. Wow, there's a lot there, right? A lot more than most people realize. That is until they, I don't know, they buy their RV and later on they find out, oh my God, this is a nightmare. I like what Brenda Puckett said, that we are all on the same team, and we are. In other words, the entire RV industry should want happy campers, not angry ones. Now, not everybody, in my opinion, needs to get a third-party independent inspection prior to buying. They don't. But everyone does need to at least consider it. Thanks to our friends at RV Lifestyle, Mike and Jennifer Winland. They always do such a great job, as many of you already know. Check out their YouTube channel. Just search for RV Lifestyle. They are easy to find. You can also connect with them from our website, thervshowusa.com. So if you're a subscriber to our YouTube channel and you followed me for any time at all, you know that I try and help guide people in making the right decisions, the responsible decisions when it comes to RV ownership, because every person has their own unique perspective and we come at life from where we are. One challenge is to try and stay open-minded because at one time when we were young, most of us acted like we knew everything, right? Well, that being said, when it comes to buying RVs, I've talked about being in the camp of buying new and also be in the camp of buying used. But you know what? There is another option that may be worth considering. And I'm not sure why I haven't talked much about it before. And that's the option of buying an RV that is retired. What? Yeah, retired. Up now is Kim. She's known on YouTube as the Rome Town Girl. Rome Town Girl. Great name for a channel, right? So the Rome Town Girl is a full-time RVer who loves the decision she made when it came to buying her RV that she affectionately refers to as Romeo. Rome E-O. Get it? Romeo. What I have been wanting to share with you is I think I have found the best way to buy a used RV. It truly was a fantabulous experience. And for those of you shopping, I wanted to throw this in the mix because you might want to consider purchasing your next RV the same way I did. And I know when I'm ready to get another RV, I'm probably going to buy it the exact same way. So the way that I bought this RV, I did not have to deal with private parties, dealerships, and certainly not the prices 
that come with a new RV. So first, let's do a little backstory. When I bought my first RV, I did buy it private party. Now, I love Scout to death, but I certainly got taken. The guy that sold it to me, I don't know, maybe he saw my blonde hair and my gender and knew that there's a sucker born every minute. And Scout wasn't even my first RV purchase. I had actually bought an RV prior to that, only I never even took possession of that one. It had a few problems. One was the generator, and the guy promised me he could fix it, and after a few weeks, nothing was happening. He was getting irritated with me. I was getting aggravated with him, and in the end, we just decided that it would be best if I returned the title to him and he refunded me my money. So I do admit, I have been burned buying RVs secondhand private party, which is why I am just not a fan of doing it that way, and if I can at all avoid that, I will. So what is this fabulous way of buying a used RV that I wanna share with you? Why it's buying a retired rental. Now wait, from a specific rental company, and I'll tell you why. So I bought Romeo Fancy Pants from El Monte RV, and I'll admit I have a very warm and fuzzy spot in my heart for El Monte RV because when I started this whole RV adventure, I had never even driven an RV or camped in an RV. And so I rented one and there was an El Monte RV in Las Vegas. And that's where I rented my first RV. And so it just tickled me to be able to buy a future RV from them. I think their company's great, both as a rental company. And now I'm going to tell you how I also think that they're fabulous as a sales company. Now, El Monte RV has rental offices all across the United States. So if you ever want to rent from them, you've got a ton of locations to choose from. Their sales locations are not as many, but I think they are located in sort of the prime RV areas. So let's go into my eight reasons why I think buying a used RV from El Monte RV is the way to go. Okay, so here they come in no particular order. Number one, the age. I can't speak for other RV rental companies because I don't really know a lot about them. But what I do know about El Monte RV is that they retire their RVs after two years. So when you buy a used RV from them, you're going to get one that is a couple years old. So not only is it wonderful to have a newer RV, but that rolls into number two, the mileage. So when I bought Romeo here, he had 31,000 miles on him. Number three, no haggling. They have a no haggle price. They just charge what they charge. No negotiation necessary. And I love that concept. It's I call it the grocery store concept. You walk in, it is what it is. You either pay that price or you don't pay that price. End of story. Love it. Number four, price. That no haggle price is substantially lower than what you would pay for that same RV if you were buying it from a dealership or specifically private party. So I have no problem being fully transparent with you. When I bought Romeo, he's a 2019 Thor 4Winds 30D bunkhouse model. I paid $50,000 for him. $49.95. <laughs> when I looked up how much private parties were selling this exact same RV for, 
it was $65,000. So right off the bat, I was saving $15,000. One of the trade-offs of buying a used rental, of course, is that it's not in pristine condition. In fact, it took me four tries to get one that wasn't too beat up. So I kind of call them gently used. But hey, for a 15000 price differential, I'll take a few scuffs. How about you? So it might take a little extra effort. You might have to see multiple units. If you were in California, you might go to multiple locations. So it might make it a little bit of a hassle and inconvenient. But for a $15,000 price differential, I don't know. For me, totally worth it. Number five, the financing. Although I didn't need to take advantage of this, I want you to know that they have in-house financing available. I can't speak to how fair or competitive their rates are, but I do know it's available, and I do know from other people that when you're trying to get a loan, especially on a used RV, a lot of times, it's not so easy. So it's nice to know that that is an option that's available for you. Number six, the service history. It behooves El Monte RV to keep their RVs in tip-top shape so that they can keep them out on the road and renting them, which means that they are serviced regularly, and when you purchase one, you get all the service records. So I was able to see exactly what had been going on with this guy for the past two years. And that's something you can't always count on when you buy from a private party or a dealership, right? Number seven, the shakeout. When you buy a brand new RV, it's not uncommon over the first year to two years that you are going to discover every single thing that the factory did not do correctly. And you are going to be in and out of service with all these warranty issues. That's the shakeout when you have a brand new RV. When you buy a used RV from either a dealership or a private party, it's gonna depend on what has been going on with that RV. If it's been sitting in storage for a while or in someone's garage, again, all the systems that have gotten a little fatigued either by overuse or lack of use, you're going to have a fun time going through and watching all those come up and fixing all of those. And that was one of the reasons I had such issues with Scout. Scout's shakeout went on and on and on. And I think when I finally just sold Scout a few months ago, I had finally reached the point of working out all the kinks and he was finally a dream. And number eight, the support. This was sort of an unexpected surprise, being that he's a used RV that is from an RV rental company that has a service department. I was able to strike up a relationship with the service manager, and they have just been all kinds of helpful. There are several rental companies around the country, and I think most of them are kind of like El Monte RV, where they sell their units at two years old and replace them with new ones for the right person like the Rometown Girl. Retired RVs can really be a great deal. Now, most of these RV rental companies purchase RVs that are not the loaded out models. Instead, they look for those that will hold up to all kinds of people with all different levels of knowledge. So many of these two-year-old motorhomes are among the best built RVs in the industry. You can learn more about Kim, the Rometown Girl on YouTube. She's the only Rometown Girl I know of. We also have a link to her on our website. 
at thervshowusa.com. Hey, it's the RV Wingman, and before we roll into our next segment, I want to invite you to join me around my virtual campfire on YouTube. That's right. The RV Show USA has a YouTube channel where you'll find the video version of today's radio show. Hey, welcome back to the RV Show USA. It is me, Alan Warren, the RV Wingman. And if you like to do some surfing on YouTube and you check out channels about RVing, it won't take you long until you discover Endless RVing. Now, Endless RVing is hosted by Izzy and MJ. They are not full-time RVers, but they have been bitten by the RV bug in a bad way. And their videos are excellent. Living in New Jersey, they've got a very direct, straightforward, honest approach to RVs and the RV lifestyle that most people connect with. Now, Izzy is a cop. He's been a cop for decades, so he has tons of street smarts. But I'll bet you he'll tell you that the brains of the family, or at least some of his inspiration, comes from his wife, MJ. Together, they have made a hell of a team and some really good content. If you're on the fence about buying an RV and getting into the RV lifestyle, here are 11 things, 11, that Izzy and MJ wish they would have known before they began their RV journey. Number one is going to be, if you're able to stay at a place longer, driving less, you will obviously save on fuel. Now, the flip side is, if you're staying at a private park or a campground, you're paying to stay there, but this is focused on fuel. Right, and especially full-timers, you know, a lot of people will stay in one place for a long period of time, and a lot of part-timers will get seasonals, and then they're not traveling all around spending money that way. The next one, number two, is going to be don't idle. And I remember this, where there were fuel shortages. She likes to idle in the morning when it's cold out she turns her car on well, keep it know, warm i'm gonna get into a warm car but i remember when there were fuel shortages a number of times and that was one thing they kept saying people were waiting online for fuel and they were saying stop idling because that wastes so much more gas than actually fuel than even driving yeah you'll see a lot of newer cars and your car does it if you stop at yep. a red light it will actually shut the engine off now the flip side is the rumor is that that's not really good for your engine turning on and off but i will tell you something when we're going down the freeway highway if i stop for a pee break at a rest stop stretch chat, whatever. Sometimes people will leave that motor running till the day see. I shut it off. It's like yeah. literally as soon as I throw in a park, I shut it off because it may be one stop, but if you're doing three, four, mm-hmm. or five stops, it does add up. The next one seems kind of obvious also is keeping a steady speed and not driving as fast. So I track the fuel mileage. I know every time we fill up, I'm like, oh can you divide this by this? <laughs> break out the calculator. Yeah, so if we're on a long highway trip, we can get about seven miles per gallon. Now, if we're more local, stop and go, we're driving a little faster, that can drop down to 6.7, 6.8. Doesn't seem like a lot, but if you're driving a lot of miles, it can add up very quickly. So we find for us, us a really good speed is between 60 and 65 55 would be better but it's almost too slow on the highway i know if we're driving 70 and above we definitely see a decline so that sweet spot 60 65 is when we get our best mileage so the next one is going to be cut back on the ac now it depends so for us we can run our ac on our batteries but we didn't used to be able Mm -hmm. to do that so if you have to run your generator in order to run your ac when you're on the road remember that's using fuel now it's not using a ridiculous amount but as we've mentioned through all of these if you're doing all these different things, it does add up. So the next one is actually something that is near and dear to my heart, and that is hashtag stuff. Don't carry or tow as much because that definitely will drain your fuel more. Easier said than done, right? I know. Yeah, so I mean, there's a variety of factors that affect your 
fuel mileage, but the weight, it takes more energy to move things from A to B. So if you're loading up with, you know, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 extra pounds, it's going to affect the fuel mileage. Next one, very important and often overlooked, is to check your tires and your tire pressure because that really can affect it as well. Well, you want to check your tires pretty much before every trip right. for any kind of damage because that could be a big safety issue. But uneven wear, uh, not having the proper pressure, we keep ours based on the weight of our motorhome, 95 pounds all around. Mm -hmm. But then if you have a tow vehicle or a towed vehicle, you want to check it on there also. It can make a big difference, a couple of percent difference as far as fuel mileage, was, which is actually a lot. All right, the next one is something that Izzy loves to, well, maybe not loves to do, but does religiously, is keeping up on maintenance in terms of your filters and things like that. So share what you yeah, do. Yeah, making sure everything is running appropriately and efficiently on your motorhome. If you have a motorhome, if you have a towable, won't really apply to the RV, but will apply to your, to your truck. tow vehicle yeah, for yeah. sure. So like MJ said, oil change, air filter is a huge one. I know a dirty air filter causes inefficiencies. I, we change it once a year. For us, although we probably drive, you know, three to 5,000 miles a year, air filter doesn't really have to be changed. It's $15. Mm -hmm. Swap it out. Mm -hmm. We always have a clean air filter. Change the oil for us every 5,000 miles. The next one is to try to avoid driving on very windy days. Sometimes you can't. We don't have a lot of flexibility, but we've been hitting a lot of windy days and that can affect it. Yeah, we talked about the different factors, tire pressure, speed. Aerodynamic is probably mm -hmm. the biggest factor that's going to affect. There's no getting around it. RVs are not aerodynamic. <laughs> so you're, you're already starting like six steps behind. But yeah, windy days, I'll just take for example, I used to do triathlon and they used to talk about free time, right? Well, how can you get free time? One of the easiest way to get free time on the bicycle Is was putting cheat. on, to cheat, to yeah. cheat and draft. Putting a, an aero helmet <laughs> on, being tucked down. 56 miles, you can save upwards of like 30 to 40 seconds just by doing that. Not putting any more effort, just by being more aero and, and drafting, which I got a penalty for that yes, one. Yes, you did. Is it, now, if you... <laughs> It cost me placing. I got did. a freaking penalty. You would have gotten a medal. I, got, I think they're in so place. we both, actually I did that race with you. We both used to do them. I didn't do it to win. Izzy did it to win. I just did it to do it. And he literally would have come in what? Second third. or third? Third, yeah. Third. And yet, because he had to win, no. he had to cheat. Well, I, well and, it, was, it was very inadvertent. So I was looking oh, to pass yeah. I was looking to pass somebody, but I was drafting them too close while I was passing. The, the stupid official was right there. <laughs> Usually it's not, like, the officials are not right. He was literally right there there. Yeah. And I remember we ended the race and I knew my time. I'm like, what the hell? Why am I not? And, and it was a penalty. Draft a penalty. Penalty. But it shows you it actually worked. That's does. why it is a, you can't do it. If you sit behind somebody, mm -hmm. you let them do the work and you mm -hmm. draft off of them. So I'm going to be Captain Obvious here. And this seems like something that people would think of, but a lot of people don't. Now, when we plan our route, we have an RV specific GPS. What I'm going to talk about here is make sure you plan your route so you don't get lost in turn, then making you drive extra. And a lot of people People, I think, don't plan as well as others, not you know, saying that we do, but mm -hmm. we have our RV GPS, we know exactly where we're going. Sometimes things can happen, but just think about that. If you're taking a long trip, make sure you know exactly where you're going so you don't have to go driving around East Bumble, whatever, to get to your destination. Not only um, when you're traveling, I know when we take our RV in for repairs, I try to group repair, like try to get a bunch of things at one time because every time I take the motorhome to a repair center, the two that are biased, 50 to $60 just in fuel right. back and 
and forth. So I don't want to be going there every week. I'm like, all right, let's let things build up and then we'll just go one time and let it sit there and let make sure everything gets done. This one is really important and can really help. Unfortunately, we are not really able to do this in most cases, especially when we're headed out on the road. So avoid leaving or traveling when there are going to be high traffic time. So during rush hour and things like that, you're going to be sitting there idling, not moving. Stop and go. Stop, okay. Right, which is the worst. Yeah, and we've tracked this. Stop and go traffic absolutely kills our fuel miles because again, we're moving 20 something thousand pounds back and forth versus just getting it up and going and then just kind of let momentum handle it. It's way more efficient, as efficient as it could be. Be going at steady speed versus start, stop, start, stop. And the last one, one we have experience with, one we really don't, we're going to talk about gas cards, discount clubs, and apps such as Gas Buddy. Now, as far as the discount cards, we don't use them because we don't have a diesel motorhome. That seems to be more targeted toward diesel. But we have used Gas Buddy, and there can be significant savings if you plan out your stops according to your miles. I know in New Jersey is not different than other places. You can have two different gas stations, fuel stations, they all serve the same fuel. Mm -hmm. There could be a 25, 30, 35 cents difference in right. gallon of fuel. That is a huge difference when you're putting 80 gallons, 100, 150, 200 gallons. Think about it. That could be a lot of money. Just by maybe going an extra 10 miles down the road or driving a mile out, it could be a big difference. I remember on our first long trip when we first got Nelly, that was when we went down to Fort Wilderness yep. and Virginia Beach and Georgia and all these things. And you had all the, yeah. you had looked it up and had everywhere that we were going to stop. It was the cheapest. Well, yeah, it could even change from state to state. So I know when we, we did that trip, I forgot what state it was, but just driving to the next state, not going mm -hmm. out of our way, just driving to the next state, it was like 35 cents a gallon. Right. So why wouldn't we do that? We'll just kind of extend it out. You know, there's so many little things that you will learn when you actually start RVing. So many shortcuts, so many different hacks that can save you time and a lot of money and help prevent a bunch of headaches. And you know, there are so many different YouTube channels, many resources available today that didn't even exist 10 years ago. And that's a good thing, sort of. But the fact is that there are many people in the RV space that don't know diddly and can even provide you with bad or false information. So my suggestion, do your own research. Be careful who you believe. Be careful who you listen to. Listen to smart people. I consider MJ and Izzy not only smart, but super honest. You can check them out at Endless RVing or jump on our website where you'll find some of the most popular and smartest RV pros in the country. You can connect with us at TheRVShowUSA.com. All right, they're giving me the signal to wrap it up. But before we do, to get the latest version of my free RV report showing you how to save thousands of dollars when buying a new RV and learn how to not get ripped off, you can download it right now on our website. Yes, you can at TheRVShowUSA.com. And remember, if you're looking for a great RV dealer to do business with, I hope you'll check out those of the RV Dealers I Trust Network, providing the absolute best buying and ownership experience ever. Go to RVDealersITrust.com. And finally, a special thanks to you for joining me around our virtual campfire. Till next time, I'm Alan Warren, the RV Wingman. Be safe, have fun, play nice, and don't leave your good manners at home. The RV Show USA. Start living the RV dream today. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.